Welcome to the KCSU Sports Podcast. My name is Eliza Drotar. And I'm Ewan Pert. We are the sports directors here at KCSU. We talk club, college, and professional sports here at CSU. Hi there, I'm Ewan Pert. Welcome to the KCSU Sports Podcast. This year, the football team has been the talk of the town for all the wrong reasons. The Rams find themselves 1-5 in five overall and 1-1 one in, one in the Mountain West at this point in the season. That's good for 5th place in the West half of the Mountain West and 3rd worst in the entire conference. The team hasn't won a single game at home, hasn't scored over 19 points even once this season. The defense was a mess to begin the season. The offense continues to be a mess with three different quarterbacks getting starts and only scoring one offensive touchdown in the last two games. It feels like special teams misses a field goal every other game. And word around campus is that head coach Jay Norvell may not have what it takes. Honestly, it has been an impressively bad season for the Rams. Fans have reacted from burn the team down and make sure Norvell never gets another coaching job ever again or waiting it out until the defense continues to turn it around and they can make a play for the Mountain West championships yet there's all kinds of opinions around the team this year but they go wild on both sides we've got a guest here Caleb Allen to discuss the team so far this season with me can you say hi Caleb hello everyone (laughs) welcome to the sports podcast we're just going to dive right into it so coach Norvell's play calling this season how have you felt about it i know it's been a hot topic so far well can i just start and can i disagree with you is that allowed yes of can course. i do that i think you and many other people are very abrasive to what is going on here this was a what a three win team a year ago yeah and everyone's come into the season with this excitement that we were somehow going to go 12 and 0 win the mountain west and be playing alabama for the national championship shocker not happening right, right. you won a game in nevada that your two your only two touchdowns were defensive and then you've not not want a game elsewhere, right? Right. So is it bad? Yeah. But I don't think it's as bad as you say. Now, with the, the play calling and things like that, I think it's getting better. Mm-hmm. You're also looking at a, a group of guys who are taking the field that either only played one year with Norvell at Nevada or were CSU guys last year. Right. So you got to take all that into account when you're looking at the offense. And they've ultimately improved every single week. True. It's not like it's getting worse or it's not like they're not making any progress, uh, unlike that team in Denver that's uh, playing football right now, too. <laughs> yeah, that team uh, down in Denver definitely not something that anyone's proud of, I don't think. No, I, I can <laughs> say no one is proud of what's going on uh, down there. But there are some good things happening here in Fort Collins. But going back to Coach Norvell's play calling, I know I've been a bit hostile towards it. Let's, let's go with that. I know there's there was a game against Sacramento State a couple weeks ago here in Fort Collins that while I was there, I was vehemently like talking to my co-host of Rambler's radio show that we have here at KCSU telling her about how the play calling was just horrible and I could not I could not fathom the plays he was calling and I was like we were running it on second and 12 we're running a screen on third and nine and there was it was repeatedly that kind of thing but I feel like it has improved especially with Avery Morrow really playing well recently letting those run plays turn into more yardage than maybe two at best like those first few games how do you feel like it's gone so far with Moreau yeah I mean Moreau has been fantastic he stepped into I mean yeah. you had Ajon Vivens who gets hurt and and 
then mm-hmm. you got to step up in the Nevada game, and he starts running wild. A couple of fumbles, you're seeing that youth and the lack of experience. He mm-hmm. fumbles quite often or you know, yeah. doesn't practice ball carrying. But, I mean, that run he had against Utah State last weekend yeah. was impressive and one of the better plays offensively. I think probably the biggest play offensively for the Rams this season. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely a bright spot. I actually was in a production meeting with him a few weeks ago, and he was talking about why he came to CSU with Norvell. I mean, there was plenty of players that came mm-hmm. with Norvell from Nevada, and he said this was the only offer. Nevada was the only team that offered me out of high school, and there was no way I was not going to go with Norvell because that's the guy that bet on me when no one else would. So that's a guy who is going to be a CSU Ram. You see all these guys bouncing around, transfer portal, all that. That guy's not leaving, and that's a good bright spot for CSU's offense. Yeah, especially with him scoring the only touchdown for the Rams last week against Utah State and then running for over 120 yards in both of the last two games. Morrow's really been an impressive player these last few weeks and really has broken out since conference play has started. Going back to Coach Norvell, the defense really has ticked up these last couple of weeks as well. Do you think that's because of his play calling or and trust in the defense or do you think out the same way as Morrow? I mean, guys are still playing better football every week, but mm-hmm. you also look at your competition. Week one was Michigan. Yeah. That's a, a top four team, a team right. that's supposed to compete for national championship. So 51 points is not crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're playing Middle Tennessee, who everyone slept on. I said it all week. Don't be surprised if the Rams lose this game because that's a right. team that is right there in terms of FBS and FCS and divisions and things like that. Washington State, obviously a good Pac-12 team. Mm-hmm. Sac State, another one of those FCS teams that are right there on the brink of it. And Nevada, it's, you're starting to play these right. Mountain West teams that aren't good and we knew the Mountain West was not a good division not uh, not a good conference rather ahead of the season and now you're just watching this just battle of the mids I guess um, in the in the Mountain West and some of it is definitely improvement from your defense mm-hmm. and they look really well and I mean they looked good I think facing three quarterbacks on yeah. Saturday they they didn't allow 150 yards so I mean that, that's, that's, really that's pretty solid I also noticed with the defense these last couple of weeks they've kept the game in range for the offense the whole time they haven't they haven't let it get away from them and they've they've let the let the offense have chances to bring them back into the game especially at the end of the game last week against Utah State there was like a sack followed up by multiple negative yardage runs right at that last drive for the Aggies before the Rams got the ball back and through that interception the offense really squandered that chance but I feel like at the end of that game the defense really didn't want to lose and they 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 let themselves really do what they were they were trying to do that whole time I mean that's all you can ask for your defense is keep us in the game when our offense isn't doing their job right I mean the Rams had a 3-0 lead in this game they allowed seven 17 to 10 run there to finish it. And that was mm-hmm. because of an interception there on that first right. drive for Utah State. They ran it down. Offense did nothing with it. And then they kick a field goal and take their first and only lead of the game. So, I mean, the defense has been the bright mm-hmm. spot for the overall team. Right. But I think when you're this early in a rebuild, which is essentially is a rebuild here at yeah, CSU, sure. I think you have to look at the bright spots and player performance. So you're looking at guys, as we talked on, Moreau mm-hmm. and Jack Howell at the back end. He's yeah. an all-conference honors uh, that just got announced here recently. So, I mean, you got to look at the bright spots on your team individually sure. unfortunately when you're doing these rebuilds and mm-hmm. we CSU's got a lot and they've got a lot of talent coming in too yeah I, for sure and I think that that some of the talent that like Jack the one you just mentioned he he got an interception in the middle Tennessee game and against San Diego or San yeah and he was all over Sacramento. the Sacramento yeah he had and he did that with a bum knee and a bum ankle too yeah. and a bum shoulder so that's just one of those gamers and he made his way into the rotation because of his practice and how well he practiced because everyone wanted week one versus Michigan. Why is this guy not playing? He played so well last year. And then their safeties go down. Taiwan Francis needs someone to go next to him and they throw in Jack Howell and he 
almost makes that interception week one. Them and believing in their coach, even when the campus might not. Yeah, it's making a whole new, it's a, a new environment. It's a new, I guess, swagger with the team. And that's, mm-hmm. the, yeah, you got to come to work every single day. You got to take your lunch pail and your, your hard hat and get to work on things. You can't just show up and be a diva. And that's a problem that the Rams have had recently. You know, guys are more worried about what they're posting on their socials. I mean, at halftime, they're posting <laughs> stuff on Twitter and Instagram. And instead of, you know, focusing on what they have to do, mm-hmm. they're more worried about how many likes they're getting and things like that. So it's a, it's a whole new attitude at CSU football. And that's what people are kind of forgetting that needs to happen. You're seeing all these players transfer, these guys who have been stalwart, you know, three or four year starters, and they're taken off for the transfer portal because it's a change. It's what it's what happens and rebuilds. And unfortunately, CSU has seen it enough, but I don't know how fans aren't seeing that as, I guess, I mean, they've seen a rebuild numerous times right. and somehow they have not seen that this is just kind of how this goes. And you've got to trust Norvell and his work mm-hmm. in the past with building Nevada up the way he did. So I'm, I'm still pro CSU in terms of the future of this program. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely a believer in, in what Norvell's doing and and changing the culture around here because as you said, there was dissonance between the team and what they wanted to do and then what went on on the field. So it's very nice to see that coming from Coach Norvell. And then we're gonna move on to talking about the offense and how it's how it's performed this season. I know we've had a lot of issues with quarterbacks this season, having started three already so far, having Clay Millen go down against the Sacramento State team and then back up. Oh, I forgot his name. I'll have to pull that up but they we had that backup play the rest of that game and then started the game against Nevada and then last week against Utah State they started a new quarterback Giles Pooler I believe and he played well enough but you could tell he was he was fresh to being a starter and fresh to coming out there and being expected to win a game for a college level team well not even hard it's your first start mm-hmm. at home in front of the fourth largest crowd in Kansas Stadium history and not to mention you're playing with an offensive line that doesn't know how to block I think toddlers <laughs> at this point that's the biggest issue this, right. this team can't run the ball they can't pass pro so when you fall mm-hmm. back in the game you know the defenders get to just you know pull their ears back and then just take off and right and then it makes it harder for you as a quarterback any quarterback I mean Tom Brady mm-hmm. deals with these things yeah and now you're asking your first year and your freshman quarterbacks to go out and do what Hall of Famers can't do in the NFL <laughs> so I mean it's it's really a, we can point to the quarterbacks and how bad right. they've been and yeah they've missed throws and whatnot but it's hard to play behind a line that you can't trust and that's the number one that's definitely something I've noticed as well especially with the sacks really being an issue. They've lost like 40 yards on sacks in multiple games this season. And it's just something they have not been able to recover from and not something that they've been able to play through. Even with the defense playing as well as it has, that 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 offensive line letting sacks go through and letting so much pressure get to the quarterback. It sucks for these quarterbacks who are all freshmen, I believe, who are all just trying to make their, make their claim on the team just enough to get enough playing time. And then they're being thrown into the meat grinder, it feels like. No, it, it's definitely a problem. Sacks and drives. It can a sack can happen on first down, and the drive's over. Doesn't matter right. if you have two more downs. I mean, Coach Norvell talks about all the time. Those are drive ending, and those are game changing, mm-hmm. just single plays, and they just don't have an answer for it. They've tried to throw the tight end in there, chip and help on the pass rush, but it's just it's not working. It's just once again, I think it's you got to take your lumps at this point, and then you just got to hope that you can build that experience and get these guys developed because there is a future in this program with the talent that is here and that is coming in, and it's ultimately just about developing these guys through experience and playing time. Yeah, and then. Another problem with the with the offensive line this season, there's been a lot of penalties and a lot of holding calls on this offensive line that have killed drives. There was one play last week that was a pretty solid like 20-yard chunk on a pass to Torrey Horton that was called back because it was a hold on one of the offensive line. And that was really a killer and really even killed that drive on the 10. 
I mean, it's net yardage. You look at like how how many yards would they gain and how mm-hmm. many did they just lose. It, it can be drastic, especially in yeah. cases like that Torrey Horton play you talked about. I mean, they haven't had a single game, I don't think, this season the Rams haven't, where they've had the same starting five offensive linemen once. They've not That's had true. that same group between injuries and having to play guys because other guys aren't doing well enough and just they're plugging and playing. And yeah. I've, I've played offensive line in high school mm-hmm. and a little after, and I you can't communicate with guys you've never right. played or even really practiced with, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of plugging and playing all these guys, and you're trying to build this chemistry while you've got division one athletes rushing right. at you with you know power moves and finesse <laughs> moves and it's a problem so i mean there's a lot of reasons why csu is not playing good football and the o-line is definitely a big part of that for sure is there do you think there's any way that this can be remedied this season or is it just something we have to stick out for the rest of the year it's part of the rebuild it, okay you know, when you fired adazio and quite honestly when you hired adazio no one expected that to be the final answer and i, I guess a little bit of promise there in 2020 mm. with i think you played six games and you had three wins or whatever right. i think you were two and four in a covid year and then you come out the next year and people expected a step forward. You didn't get that step forward. So when you fire a coach, you got to restart right. and you're constantly letting go. I think we've had three coaches in five seasons. So you, you just got to take your lumps and that's yeah. part of it. And do you think there's any way that a running quarterback like, would be any help with that kind of thing? Something something different to go with in the play calling instead of just a screenplay or a run play on almost every other yeah. down? I'm over the screens. Those are extended <laughs> runs, they call them. They call yeah. them, you know the quick screens, extended runs. It's, it's, it's pretty much a handoff just 20 yards away right. and I just I'm not a fan of those especially when you don't run the ball very mm-hmm. well you don't you know guys don't have to honor the space right. and you don't throw the ball well because you can't block um, it's all just it's all intertwined yeah. I don't think an athletic quarterback would really help this mm-hmm. offense this offense it's the reason you saw Todd Santeo leave this last mm-hmm. offseason they they like the big guy the strong pocket passer with the big mm-hmm. arm that's I mean that's why Braden Fowler Nicolosi that's the name you were looking for a little yeah. early he couldn't he's he's not really number one here if you looked mm-hmm. at his Adazio type offense he's running around he would take right. off. They're trying to keep him in the pocket. That just doesn't, that's not his style. So you, you got to look at the offense itself. A running quarterback is not the the solution to helping this offense get more dynamic. It's going to be running the football yeah. and freeing up the passing lanes for your big receivers like Torrey Horton, who should yeah. be an NFL talent. Torrey Horton, I, we were going to get to him. Torrey Horton is really, especially with his game against Middle Tennessee with Insane. those three touchdowns. I was sitting there in the press box, like looking around at everyone being like, is is this normal? Do we see this all the time? No, you don't. I think <laughs> I'm, this is wide receiver you by all I know. I mean, you yeah. got Michael Gallup, you got BC mm-hmm. Johnson, you have tight ends all over the place. I mean, this is Trey McBride. How did right. I forget that one? Right. I mean, it's, it's where receivers are somehow we always get that best receiver. It's a three-star receiver who never, mm-hmm. you know, didn't get those big D1 offers. So here he lands in Fort Collins and then that becomes a centerpiece of your offense. Right. And before you know it, he's in the league. So, I mean, do we expect it? I mean, I guess maybe we should at this point <laughs> at because this point. We, it seems every year we find a new one. And I mean, a bunch of guys in the league have rings that went to CSU. So, yeah. Uh, and it's something, something impressive from Horton this season. He really creates a lot of separation on every play. You can see that you're, you're tracking him down the field he's got like four yards of separation and you're just hoping the quarterback has just a little bit of room to just try and get that ball in the air and he can make those contested catches his first touchdown against middle tennessee i remember was like a moss catch over oh, yeah. his defender it was amazing no tory horton is incredible and the problem with him is csu is starting to use him as a decoy because mm-hmm. you know teams are starting to bracket and double him and because of that it's supposed to be freeing up other guys but other guys aren't there yet they're not that division right. one like you, you need two guys two mm-hmm. receivers in this offense in order to 
really throw the ball yeah. around the way they want to. And then ultimately, once again, you have to run the ball. So mm-hmm. Torrey Orton, the fact that he has done what he has done in this yeah. offense and is able to get open still, I mean, that just speaks to his talent as you know a wide receiver. And could you remind me, what year is he? Is he a junior? I believe he's a junior. I think he has two more years of eligibility because of COVID. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. I think he'll be back next year for sure, but I, I would doubt a year after that if he keeps yeah. playing the way he's playing now. If he keeps playing the way he's playing and he would go into next year with a hopefully better offensive line and a team that can really produce around Torrey Horton, you can really expect some numbers from him next year, especially since he's already playing so well this year. Well, and you're getting a lot of big body. I think this is the largest or the second largest recruiting, recruiting class coming in this next year in terms of caliber with stars and a lot of four-star receivers for CSU coming in. And those are guys that you can plug in and yeah. they can play next year as true freshmen. So be on the lookout for some of the freshman receivers that are maybe make Torrey Horton's job a little easier. They're going to break out early next season as well. That's really exciting to hear about the team next year. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that, that's um, where a lot of the excitement comes from. Just hoping for that second year from uh, Coach Norvell to really turn this thing around. Yeah. And then on the defense, do you think, what do you think has been really this game changer that's made the team look so much better other than other teams being not so good as like Michigan and Washington State? It's just, it takes time. And I mean, every, yeah. every football team, no matter what level you're at, as the season goes on, you get better at tackling, you get more disciplined in your running lanes and you know, you, what, what gaps to cover and things right. like that. It's just, it kind of comes with playing with each other, building that chemistry, things like that. I mean, I think the biggest p- part of it is you're playing teams with lesser offense. Right. You haven't played anyone here in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boise State's always kind of been the top of the Mountain West and even they don't look very good here this season. So yeah. I, it's ultimately, it's because you're playing lesser talent and you're mm-hmm. also gelling better as a defense and that allows you to play more freely and yeah. with more confidence. And I think one of the things that the Rams really need to focus on to make that next step on defense is getting more pressure on the quarterback and getting those sacks to come through because as much as pressure as they can get sometimes, they really only got one sack last week and got a lot of some penalties on uh, getting over the line a little early. There's a lot of those just quick plays that they couldn't make go their way. So there's a lot of things, but I think that defensive line is really where they need to focus for next year to make that defensive uh, defense really look scary. Yeah, there's no middle push right now. You're mm-hmm. seeing Mo Kamara and I forgetting who the other guy on the outside is. I mean, you're set at corner. You got mm-hmm. great corners. Your linebacker play is great, but I mean, you're going to lose to Quan Jackson, who's, you know, yeah. if you want to talk about stalwart, that, that's the stalwart mm-hmm. guy right there. He's been around forever and, and really the, the life and the heart yeah. to this team and this defense. You're going to lose a guy like that. So just finding that the middle pressure, mm-hmm. the Rams have done a pretty good job at stopping the run for right. mean, any team they've played. But I mean, the quarterbacks can hold onto the ball forever yeah. if you don't get any push up the middle and Kamara is going to get doubled every time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good observation for sure. Yeah. And it's something you saw last week against Utah State. They would run the ball, get about three yards and, and the defense would look good. And then they'd run a pass play and the quarterback would be in the pocket for so long and then break out of the pocket and they'd get one of those dumps right in the middle and be like, so it was a, what was the point of those first 10 seconds of defense if we couldn't do anything and they just dump it down the middle and get a first down every other play? Yeah, it's just about being, you know, keeping integrity in your, mm-hmm. your rush lanes and keeping contained. I mean, that that's the most frustrating thing yeah. in the world is you can hold a team down, you get them to third down, it's mm-hmm. third and, you know, six, third and seven, that should be a down, you get off the field. Right. It looks, you know, three, four, five seconds into mm-hmm. the play and you're like, oh, are we going to get there? And they break the pocket and before you know it, now it's, you know, everything all breaks loose and that's those are the, the right. backbreaking plays they don't end the game you know you don't mm-hmm. win the game on those plays but those those do help you and do push yeah. you towards a, a win or not yeah definitely definitely something the team will want to focus on in the future and then we've just got a couple more points here do you think this defense is ever gonna like win us a game like they did in Nevada or is this just the state of the team is the defense will be pretty good and make that make a push but it does rely on the offense to really get those points on the board to ask for two first quarter touchdowns from your defense is a lot yeah so do I expect that again no definitely not but I, I think this defense 
defense for the rest of the year will keep you competitive, will keep mm-hmm. you in games. And if your offense can even just put together 20, 25 points, somewhere around there, I think you're probably probably set. But I mean, they haven't put up more than right. 19 and those 19 <laughs> came in one quarter against Middle yeah. Tennessee. So the toughest ask yep. is, can you score 24 points? Yeah, the toughest ask is just getting three touchdowns and hitting your extra points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we haven't even done that. Yeah, so that's definitely... But do you think this team is worth any optimism from the fans for the rest of the season? Do you think they can pull some points out for, for some fans that are excited to maybe watch their team win a couple more? Just depends on what your standards are. Like, yeah. if, if you go into a season thinking Super Bowl or bust, or in this case, Mountain West Championship or bust, then mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get what you want right. this year. Probably not next year either. Like, once again, it's a rebuild. takes time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to actually watch football and you want to watch this program grow, you're going to see that every week. And I, I don't have any reason to believe that they won't continue growing like they have the few last few weeks. So I, I definitely think there is some optimism there if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Just depends on how you look at the program. I don't think this is a bold team. I don't think you're finding five more wins here in the final six games or seven games, whatever's right. left here in the season. So I, I don't think that that's on the agenda for the Rams either. But if you're looking for any optimism, anything to look at to be happy mm-hmm. about when you walk out of the stadium, win or loses, is this team getting better? Are, are they improving? And are the young guys who are going to be around for the next few years, are they looking like they're going to be the guy at yeah. whatever position they're playing? For sure. I think there's definitely optimism around the team. There's Avery Morrow, there's Torrey Horton, there's Jack on defense. There's a lot of players that are that we're willing to root for and really ready to see this team grow around. I think quarterback Clay Millen actually showed some pretty good flashes before he went down and I hope he can he can return to play soon, looking like he will play against Hawaii, Hawaii this week. Yeah, he should be there this week. I think there was, you know, they just kind of wanted to hold him out. There's no mm-hmm. reason to rush him back, get him hurt more. Right. I think this is the week he comes back. I'm excited to see that coming from him this week. And then that will that will wrap up our conversation thank you so much for coming in caleb that's sweet thanks for having me man of course with a season gone awry so far the rams really have been a team to forget it is not out of line however to have some hope for the rest of the season as the team has improved significantly since conference play has begun with the prospects of star back avery morrow continuing his stellar play and the defense continuing to prevent opposing teams from getting too far away on the scoreboard the rams are a team we cannot be dismissive of there is talent on this roster it is fully on coach Norvell to start putting together some wins and start showing the rest of the Mountain West that CSU might not be the team that they want to mess with. I'm Ewan Pert. Thank you for listening to the KCSU Sports Podcast. For Eliza Drojar and Ewan Pert and the rest of the KCSU Sports team, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the KCSU Sports Podcast. For more sports content, go to kcsufm.com and head to the Sports tab to check out all of the amazing content we have available for you. Don't forget to tune in to 90.5 KCSU-FM Tuesdays through Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. for live sports content.